listeners and perhaps new listeners, I always recommend the weekend lineup of uh, specialty shows and uh, ethnic-oriented shows. You're just not going to hear that kind of stuff anywhere on the radio. We're talking the folk. We're talking Weston early in the morning if you're up by 9 o'clock. Uh, uh, the Blue Show, the Country Show, Jim's uh, fantastic uh, robot pasta, kind of an eclectic mix of this, that, and the other, reggae and uh, that sort of thing. And then on Sundays, we've got Java Jive and Yeltsin's fantastic show and all of it. You know, it's it's really good. And, of course, tune in during the rest of the week. It's free forum uh, with students a lot of the time and... Some very good specialty shows on uh, at seven o'clock on a several nights. Our Wolf, uh, the uh, Scoville show, et cetera, et cetera. Just Del uh, Valerio's show is always very entertaining uh, for so rockabilly. At, yeah, at fourteen hundred watts now, uh, the broadcast circumference, the range of the station is. Vastly enlarged. Great. Over, I mean, it started as a, like a 10 watt and then a 200 watt yeah. and 2,000 watt. So to go to 1,400 watts is a, well, it's a testimony uh, in part to the uh, diehard listeners of WCBN uh, here in the original immediate broadcast vicinity because if it wasn't for uh, listener support through all the numerous funds drives over the years, uh, the station very likely would have just sort of withered up and gone away, quite frankly. And our new transmitter is up in North Campus. For those that are interested, we were on the uh, top of the Denison building for many years. So one tell good, a friend. One good thing about that is uh, those two areas of Ann Arbor don't get the power outages very often. <laughs> and, of course, we had some of that uh, this past week with some serious uh, power outages, I believe, on Thursday. Anyway, you know, there were some other kinds of bizarre outages uh, throughout last week, too. My favorite being the what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. Yeah. Reality outage. Uh, actually, Clown Pants said that out loud in front of the VFW. Uh, wow. Well, I, I think it was a kind of a surreal week. Uh, I, in fact, I think it sort of capped off uh, really the last eight weeks have been. Uh, very strange indeed, starting with the uh, meeting with Kim Jong-un in Singapore. Uh, Trump is, you know, Carl uh, Juncker, what's his name? Jean, Jean-Claude. I can't figure out whether he's French or German. The representative of the EU. Trump is confused about the EU. Uh, the EU is a kind of loose affiliation of European countries that meet in Brussels. They have a parliament, but it's really a debating organization. So Juncker is not uh, authorized to make trade deals. He's not a head of state. Not a head of state. And it's fine that he came to the uh, United States. And I think his most interesting comment, well, if you want to act like an idiot, I can act like an idiot. (laughs) So he calmed Trump down a little bit, gave him the pacifier treatment. And then Trump, of course, comes out on Friday and really had one of his most ridiculous... uh, presidential statements of his entire presidency. I noticed, by the way, that both the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times edited that 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 appearance heavily, and they didn't show some of the more ridiculous uh, claims that Trump made. Of course, he was touting the 4.1% growth, 
just like to point out that's an estimate, not any firm figure. America's economy is so large and complicated that uh, they are uh, revising economic statistics uh, often as five, six, seven years down the road. And that doesn't mean anything other than, okay, it's a decent number, but the notion that this is some sort of unprecedented event in the history of human civilization is ludicrous. It's a record. It's a record. And then he made the the, the, the most ridiculous statement he made was his claim that uh, when he meets world leaders, they come up to Trump and they say, you are the envy of the world. Your, your economic performance is just mind-boggling. And I thought, well, you know, it's funny that he is the envy of the world. But today, as he said, uh, as he stood beside the uh, Italian prime minister, uh, that America is the laughing stock of oh, the world. Oh, yeah. Because he's returned to his uh, bread and butter, potatoes and meat uh, stump speech nonsense that we're going to have to hear for the next couple of weeks about immigration. Um by the way, we've had uh, growth rates of over four, port, uh, four percentage points in several quarters over the last five, six years. Well, and remember, too, that uh, while you say that the 4.1 is in essence a projection. It's an estimate. It's an estimate. Uh, it doesn't include any factors which would allow for the disappointing performance of the GOP tax overhaul. Uh, the results of which have really yet to be seen on quarterly uh, reports. Indeed. And of course, in theory, and this, of course, is part of the theory of the tax cut, uh, it would spur uh, investment now. Uh, and because you don't have to pay the taxes till next year. Uh, obviously, if you have a withholding check, you're getting a little bit more money back. Not that much. Um and by the way, in the first quarter, uh, the, the, the number was 2.2%. So there's nothing unusual about uh, these numbers. Uh, there will be an unemployment uh, report uh, on Friday. But I just uh, here's, a, here's an article that I just have part of. I don't know what I cut around it, but this is from uh, the 28th of March, 2015, uh, showing... GDP numbers uh, for uh, years 2011, half of 2010, 2013, 2012, etc. And you can see that several of the quarters were over 4 points under President Obama. It's also interesting to note, by the way, that in th this, this article is about uh, Janet Yellen's uh, management of the Federal Reserve. But... Uh, the previous uh, February, 295,000 jobs were created. So even this job creation mythology that Trump is promoting is uh, really pretty, uh, well, it's nonsensical. And I found it interesting, you know, one of the big uh, commodities that they were highlighting is uh, liquefied natural gas. Uh, we know, of course, if from our chemistry uh, classes from high school and perhaps college, that when you li liquefy a gas, you have to lower the temperature you know, to extraordinary levels. It's a technologically very difficult thing to do. Uh, all matter, of course, is basically either solid, liquid, or gas. That's what the universe is made up of. Uh, there's a lot of mysteries about 
black holes and dusts and all sorts of things. But I find it interesting that Trump is promoting this liquefied natural gas as some sort of salvation for the American economy. Uh, I'm just going to read this. Uh, this is by uh, Stanley Reed uh, from uh, last Friday's newspaper about natural gas. He says, uh, European gas prices are now largely determined by trading in financial markets. But they are too low for American suppliers to compete. The cost of liquefying gas in the United States and transporting it to Europe doubles the price for American companies. So if they were to sell customers in Europe this NL liquefied natural gas at current prices, they would lose money. So, I mean, the idea that this is going to somehow work as a thing that's going to reduce our relatively small trade deficit uh, with the European Union is ludicrous. The more gas we sell, the more money we'll lose. <laughs> um, Trump, of course, is upset that Germany has an arrangement with Russia. Right. Uh, that was done many years ago. Um, and it was done so that the pipeline didn't have to go through Poland and the Ukraine and, and, and through parts of Eastern Europe. This article goes on to note, by the way, that Poland and Lithuania are building facilities to accommodate liquefied natural gas. Because what we're talking about here, of course, is a comp complicated commodity. It's not easy to actually ship this around the world. And Trump it's probably actually somewhat dangerous environmentally to do so, I would imagine, too. In other words, it, it, very expensive, yeah, very a lot expensive. of things that could go wrong. And, of course, in the United States, we have thousands of gas pipelines. The, it, it's extraordinary when you actually look at some of the technical infrastructure involved in the United States in transporting energy from there to here. Well, uh, there's the pipe that runs right through the Straits of Mackinac that's... You know, uh, Enbridge, yeah, yeah, a, a lot of uh, focus and attention on it by even Trump voters. You know, uh, the the population up there is largely conservative and Republican, but they're even concerned about the stability and longevity of that vulnerable pipeline that could potentially contaminate two major Great Lakes. So, in reality, I mean, liquefied natural gas—you really want to trade it. Uh, geographically as close as possible to where right. the terminals are. Now, of course, we know that the terminals are down south. Uh, they're in Texas. They're in Louisiana. Uh, I believe they're building a new one um, in South Carolina or Georgia that's going to take, uh, you know, many years for it to even come up online. One of the mysteries of Donald Trump's understanding of economics, and, of course, this analysis of, of Trump's assertions uh, that he that he delivered uh, when he met Juncker are rather incredible. Uh, these other claims are either false or misleading. He falsely claimed that the United States Steel, the U.S. Steel, USS Steel plant that he visited last week, was opening seven new plants. It has not announced any, though it has restarted parts of one plant. That was the plant that he went to 
I believe it was in southern Illinois, and he had a big rally claiming that Steele is back. He falsely said, quote, I did win the women's vote. Nope. <laughs> he got 42% of the women's vote in the last election. Now, he did win white women uh, narrowly, and he won white women under with no college degree by a rather large margin. That's a discussion for another day. But yet Trump keeps making these strange assertions about the How 20- did he do amongst women whose silence he had bought? <laughs> well, that's How did they vote? <laughs> another mystery. Of course, uh, you know, one of the interesting economic developments of the week was the demise of Ivanka Trump's, what is it, clothing line, jewelry? Uh, yeah, it's basically shoes and accessories, handbags. And it's really interesting. You know, if Trump really wanted to reduce the trade deficit uh, with the EU, he would actually focus on Russia, Ireland, Italy, and France. In other words, if he slapped big tariffs on luxury clothing items and perfume and, dare I say it, Viagra, (laughs) a product that I'm sure his entourage uses with great regularity— Uh, That would reduce the trade deficit several billion dollars. We have high trade deficits with Italy and France, oddly enough. It's very interesting when you break down the numbers. We have enormous surpluses, by the way, with the Netherlands and Belgium. And oddly enough, Luxembourg has emerged as a powerful tax haven. So when you look up the foreign direct investment information that's also quite fascinating. You see that a lot of this hyperbole from Trump is just not well understood. You don't hear any leaders in Belgium or the Netherlands running around saying, we have to reduce the trade deficit with America. Because what are they getting? They're getting stuff that we make that they want to buy. Perhaps it's machinery. Perhaps it's Scientific instruments. Uh, The United States actually has a surplus in the production of odd things like um, perhaps microscopes or what have you. Uh, You you get something for trade. Uh, We've had a couple of projects that have started up here uh, around the Student Activities Building, oddly enough. There's a big uh, remodeling project going on at the Michigan Union. Well... Doing that project involved decisions that were made five, six, seven years ago. It's got nothing to do with Donald Trump's tax cut or his tariffs or, or, or what have you. There's, there's always long-term planning. And what's screwing everything up, you know, leaving aside the utter absurdity of this $12 billion bailout for the farmers. In other words, it's a crisis that he's created. And then, of course, when he comes out with the proposal, people are saying, well, what about us? What about, you know, Releaser Murkowski is asking, what about our seafood people? Um, and wait a minute, is, isn't this socialism? And, and washing machines. You know, he, one of his first tariffs that he actually slapped on the American economy this year were, were washing mas- machines and solar panels. So that the price of washing machines for American consumers has doubled. By the way, this has not helped um, Whirlpool. Whirlpool is struggling. 
And you get so much nonsense from some of this economic analysis. You know, on, on Friday, there was this big collapse in the price of Facebook. Big deal. Uh, if you looked at the graph, what you discovered was that Facebook's price went back to where it was in early May. So when they say Facebook lost $119 billion of market cap in one day, it's kind of like, no, it just went back to where it was three months ago. It's more like a readjustment than a you know. So that for the year, Facebook has not really gone up. It hasn't really gone down. Right. So if you were a stock investor and had the wisdom to buy Facebook uh, in early April and you just happened to sell it last week, you made a nice, tidy profit, well over 30 percent. Uh, most stock pickers are not that good, but who knows? And, of course, we know why Facebook's problems uh, have existed. They're under investigation and accountability, I guess, is a more accurate uh, description of what's going on there about their role uh, in the uh, Brexit vote. Yeah, there's apparently a, a new report that has incredible detail on how, why, when uh, Facebook uh, was complicit in uh, a lot of the confusion and chaos around the Brexit vote. And, of course, the British Parliament is not quite as supine as the Republicans in Congress. But we know, for instance, and we had a caller last week call in and say, well, what's the evidence of the, uh, of the meddling? Well, we kind of know about it. It's the, the Russian meddling it's in the trolls. Yeah. It's the creation of fake uh, people on Facebook to uh, m manipulate public opinion, to... Make it look, you know, for instance, it, it was reported earlier this year in Harper's that 40% uh, of Donald Trump's followers on Twitter are actually bots. <laughs> and, you know, this manipulation of, of uh, economic data and all of the weird stuff that's going on with so-called social media, I find very troubling in the, in the big picture, you know, where people are losing privacy they have become a, quote, product, a commodity. Well, and it's also a, a, a place through which a lot of people get source-free, quote-unquote, information that they then absorb and perceive and then retransmit as actual certified fact. I mean, when I know there's problems with newspapers and no reporting is 100% accurate, but typically because of libel laws, when newspapers are about to run a story they have to confirm and back up and support uh and on the internet any random jump can post anything they want and p posit it from a fictitious identity and uh off it goes amongst those who absorb without really critical analysis yeah and okay so facebook is coming up with some uh you know, it hired 20,000 people to kind of monitor the system. Well, that in and of itself is kind of kind of strange. Um, it's kind of like, oh, okay, human beings are going to monitor all this so-called social media to, to determine what's proper and not. Uh, that's almost a farce. Uh, As if it were possible for even 20,000 people to analyze the volume of data that we're talking about here. Sure. 
And and of course, this is you know, data is complicated. Uh, China, for instance, has found other suppliers for soybeans. They're buying soybeans for Brazil. So as part of this so-called Juncker deal, and by the way, while that was going on, Putin was meeting with Modi, uh, Xi Jinping. It was the BRICS back in action, the president of Brazil and South Africa, and they were having their own little economic conference. Uh, I can assure Donald Trump that global trade is not going to go away uh, no matter what he does. And these tariffs really have yet to be impacted on the economy. Uh, I noticed that Peter Navarro had a letter in the New- in the Wall Street Journal on Friday touting the success of Donald Trump's uh, trade policies and tax cuts that was spurring the American economy. Uh, and he said that there was no data that showed that uh, any of these things were damaging the American economy. This in response to a Wall Street Journal editorial, obviously, that denounced the bailout for the farmers. Um, soybeans to Europe? I don't know. I don't see it happening. You know, the Chinese use soybeans for oil, cooking oil, for tofu, and for animal feed. It's a staple. You know, they eat chickens and pork in China. They don't eat a lot of beef. Cows are big. They take up oh, a lot. Well, they're resource uh, dependent. Yeah. It's a they're, they're costly much, item, too. They're uh, much more costly to produce. Uh, America, of course, has an affinity for, for beef. What's more all-American than a hamburger? <laughs> a hamburger without a straw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, y- you look at the economic data, and it's it's incomplete. And I just found it very strange to listen to Donald Trump. You know, I was kind of dozing. I heard this 4.1 uh, report from the, from the Commerce Department or the Bureau of Economic Analysts or whatever they call it. I knew that it was an estimate. I also knew, by the way, that this came in at the lower end of the estimates, there were all kinds of think tanks that were pr- predicting that this uh, number would be somewhere between 3.8 and as high as 5.7. Well, it came in just over 4, kind of at the low end of the estimates. Well, the other estimate that w- was off was the uh, degree and the rapidity with which uh, the deficit would be impacted by the resultant shortfall in the Treasury's coffers uh, from this uh, tax overhaul, tax cut, whatever you wish to call it. Uh, the, the deficit has already uh, significantly uh, grown for a party that once uh, considered that a uh, primary a uh, bone of contention uh, for it to be shrugged to the side like that is somewhat baffling. Well, an example of this strange uh, political spin that, of course, many, many uh, presidential administrations have been guilty of over the years. You know, there's the spin and the spin sometimes becomes the story, not not the reality of what's going on. 
In this letter to uh, the uh, Wall Street Journal, I found this strange. Uh, Navarro said, for example, the same day the tariffs were announced, Century Aluminum announced an over $100 million expansion and modernization effort at their Hawesville, Kentucky plant, while U.S. Steel announced a restart of the Granite City Works in Illinois. Well, that may well have happened. I don't know. I'm not too sure what date uh, Peter Navarro is talking about here. You know, it's a fascinating, there's a fascinating chart uh, in uh, the July 17th edition of the uh, business section of the New York Times showing the new trade war that's 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 gone on. This has gone from beyond a tariff thing, just a tariff thing, just a tit for tat, into a real trade war. And you see the the dates. This is what's what I like about this is this this is a kind of a strange chart. It shows a kind of a an amoeba, two amoeba looking like objects with circles showing when uh, <clears throat> China the EU, the European Union, Canada, and Mexico um, reported um, retaliatory actions to the United States. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, we heard that pork is piling up in the storage uh, facilities of the United States docks. Port, pork exports went to zero. <laughs> and you may think that was China. Uh-uh. That was actually Mexico. Mexico used their retaliatory uh, trade policy to put a tariff on pork. So what the tariffs have done is create uncertainty. On January 21st, or 22nd, excuse me, the United States imposed $3.6 billion of tariffs on solar panels and uh, washing machines. Then on the 8th, it added the number up to th $32.5 million, billion, excuse me, um, on steel and aluminum. This was announced. Okay. China retaliates on the 2nd of April to the tune of $3 billion. And the EU retaliates on the 18th of May. So the responses are kind of like warnings. Mm -hmm. It's like... Where are you going with this? People keep asking, what is the end game? What, 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 what is Trump really trying to accomplish here? Firing up new plants is a, is a great theory, but that takes planning and enormous amounts of capital. You can't just snap a finger. Trump ought to know that. He's lost money on virtually every construction project he's been involved in. <laughs> Not paid as the contractors. You know, he's got a... A long line of failed businesses <laughs> and bankruptcies and whatnot. Uh, you just don't have an idea where this is going. And what this is, is fascinating is how Trump's trade war went from 18 products to 10,000. 10,000 products are contemplated under this uh, tit-for-tat that Trump, I love tariffs. He says we can win a trade war. 
Well, tell that to the pig farmers who have, you know, you got to pay for the storage for sure. the pigs that are backing up uh, in the docks. You've got little baby pigs. Uh, you're feeding them. They're growing up. Uh, it's a whole chain industry there. So it it affects you far down the line, just not in the immediate, but through many cycles of your business, you know, operational procedures. And this has, of course, been sort of officially directed at China. But the Chinese retaliations have only totaled about $53 billion. Um, most of the actions have been taken by America, in theory. Uh, Donald Trump on the 10th of July announced that the United States proposed tariffs on $200 billion more in Chinese goods. And President Trump has said he's weighing tariffs on another $200 billion. Okay, well, Peter Navarro's letter about the second quarter the july 10th is after the second quarter <laughs> july 10th is going to impact the third quarter that's correct so <laughs> reading a letter from peter navarro t- claiming that donald trump's tax cuts and tariff policies are working is kind of remarkable i mean these problems are just starting in reality and of course this week trump's got some trips planned here and there uh, and, of course, he's going to go back to his bread and butter, which is ranting and raving about the wall. <laughs> the big, beautiful wall that Mexico was supposed to pay for. And Maybe uh, they can make it out of frozen pork. Well, they could. They could start piling up the pork and the uh, <laughs> cardboard that China stopped taking over a year ago. <laughs> that, the that ravenous actually, Mexicans will eat their way through the wall. <laughs> Soybeans, pork, cardboard? There you go. It could be the riding pile of and, garbage. Riding back and forth on the top on Harleys. <laughs> Those hogs, they're everywhere. <laughs> well, the blues are everywhere, too, and uh, they will be coming up next here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor as Jerry Mack gets ready to bring Yazoo City Calling to the people. Uh, just a quick note, uh, we had at the passing of July 27th, the 44th anniversary of articles of impeachment filed against Richard Nixon. So we've also had the surprising revival of Mamma Mia, (laughs) which I think is a perfect uh, description of Donald Trump's presidency. The famous Giuliani's legal strategy. (laughs) Seems, uh, seems a little problematic. Of course, Cohen has been back in the news uh, quite a bit, and uh, it's going to be fascinating <laughs> to see how many tapes actually do exist. Well, and the Manafort trial begins tomorrow it as does. well with jury selection. And that's so. going to be a kind of a little <laughs> well, that's technical stuff, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a financial matter, so it's not going to be the excitement. But uh, I'm sure the anxiety level uh, will be ratcheted up on the tweetscape. Yeah, and of course, Ivanka Trump is... Uh, retiring from her business to devote more time to her role in Washington, which, whatever that is. Helping promote the interests of women but and she, children. She does appear in cages. frequently with Donald Trump at these rallies. And, of course, has there ever been a president that's running for re-election in his second year? No, it's never happened. Most presidents just don't have that 
lack of class. Got nothing else to do. Got nothing else to do, do as, as Jerry opines here in the background. And you know, it's, it's clearly the Fo- uh, it's the Fox News Network, and you know how fast spare time on his hands. I don't. I never like to get too much into the tweets of the weekend, but it's it is strange. Trump plays golf on Saturday, plays golf on Sunday, and then it seems like he catches up on Fox News for the weekend. Well, this weekend he decided that he would start 